Hi listeners, I'm Lisa, the founder of Maxine VR and the host of Maximize Mental Health. This podcast is for Gen Z and everyone who wants to talk about mental health, struggles and everyday problems. Every week we're inviting guests who are sharing their personal stories. Join us for casual conversations between our co-hosts Barbara and Ryan and our weekly guests who are breaking taboos and stigma around mental health. Welcome to Maximize Mental Health. Uh, what would you like to um, talk about or share with the young people on the platform today? I think the main thing is that your mental health is probably the most important thing that you have. And so it's just so important to look after it. And, you know, it doesn't have to mean anything big. It can just even be the simple things like looking after yourself, waking up at the same time every day, having a shower, eating you know at regular times um but then also if you kind of yeah opening up talking to people friends and family when you're struggling and then at the other end I guess there is seeking mental health support from a therapist um that can also be really just really invaluable um so that is kind of the general message do you think with young people and obviously mental health luckily becoming more a topic people talk about there's a challenge that let's say just having a low day it's then seen for example oh maybe I have depression you know what I mean I think on the one side it's good that people talk more about mental health and depression anxiety but then also where's you know is it become so popular to use certain words without really knowing what they mean does that make sense <laughs> yeah yeah so I think that you can fall into the trap of kind of saying using the word depression or depressed um but it's such kind of big term so maybe it's good to specify when you say you know I, I can feel depressed that's just like it can be a temporary thing and then just knowing that like depression is I guess a more kind of long-standing um I guess mental health problem um but I think yeah as time you know the years go on that people are getting better at knowing the difference um, and talking about it more openly. And there's a lot of stuff online that makes it quite clear what the difference is as well. Do you think a young people compared, to, let's say when, when I was young, right? So never, no one really ever talked about mental health or the impact on certain behavior or like, um, let's say, exclusion or bullying at school, you know, so I, I think it was never a big topic, but obviously things happen there probably the same in the same amount as they do today, right? So mm. do, what do you think it's the, the difference and how does it affect the young people? Yeah, I mean, I think that probably it's happening even more um, nowadays. Um, life has become a lot more complicated and I think especially with um, social media and the internet, you know, there's more challenges and the potential for more bullying. So then young people can feel a lot of pressure to be a certain way um, or they can be targeted, you know, maybe bullied online. Um, but I think, yeah, at the same time, there are more organizations popping up to kind of bring more awareness to these things and encourage young people to speak up. Um, and there is a lot of support out for them as well. Um, so I think that 
yeah, we can't, we can't control, you know, and stop these things happening completely. Um, but we can kind of be there to help educate young people um, to maybe try and prevent some of it from happening. And then, yeah, to encourage them to speak up and get the help that they need. How do you think, what is the impact of social media or like, especially TikTok? So, you know, I, I don't really use it, but obviously it's part of, of Maxime. I, I went online and then obviously looking for young people and mental health. And then I saw some videos, which, for example, a girl was like showing self-harm alternatives. Um, so instead of self-harming and doing other things, which I understand in this case where she's coming from, but do you think sometimes this can also promote certain things? So where is the edge of like, helping or educating or um, talking real reality but then also eventually encouraging young people to do the wrong things mm. yeah I think you have to be very careful because there can be a very gray area between you know what is helpful and what might be a bit harmful um, so I think it's important for TikTok accounts um, yeah. I'm not I'm not very familiar with it either, but um I think everyone has an account. So for them to be monitored, um, and for content, I guess, to be monitored by administrators. Um and yeah, I think so I'm not sure. I haven't seen this post that you're talking about, but so in my line of work, when we talk to people who say they're self-harming, we offer them alternatives. Um, but those include like distraction or, you know, delaying the the urge. Um Or something that really isn't medically dangerous, like snapping an elastic band against your wrist. So if that's on the talk, then great. Um, but if it's ideas that might be dangerous, you know, self-harm can lead to suicide, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely that needs to be monitored by the powers out there. <laughs> right. So what do you see? Um, is there, what are the, the most, like the mental the, the biggest mental health issues you're talking to with with younger people is there what do you think is the yeah like the most common problem i mean from what i've heard in the media recently i think anxiety is actually a really big problem in young people and it's not surprising because of just all the the pressures so the ones that have always been there maybe from parents and peers and teachers but then also like we were saying about social media pressure to be a certain way and then if you feel that you can't live up to it you're going to get anxious um or even just maybe if someone is kind of gets anxious in crowds right so the population's forever growing and growing mm -hmm. so the crowds are probably more likely to be there or be bigger so people might be more likely to develop a panic disorder or agoraphobia. Um, and then I guess, you know, there is a crossover as well. People can have different levels of anxiety, but also different levels of depression, perhaps. Um, and I think, yeah, especially with the pandemic, actually, people can become quite depressed. So anxious about catching the virus and things like that. Um, maybe socially anxious because you haven't had the practice of socializing. Um, but then the depression from being so isolated. Uh, not just young people, but everyone. Um, you know, you, you're more likely to kind of have to stay in and just do things indoors. And especially if the people you live with aren't, aren't 
supportive or whatever, then yeah, I think you can become depressed. So those are are two of the kind of big ones I think that are affecting people at the moment. And would you have any tips for like parents? One question for parents to spot early signs and but and also how could they s communicate with their children young with this with the teenagers in a good way but also in the, on the other side the teenagers obviously their parents ideally should be their one of the first person they would feel comfortable maybe to open up and talk to but how can we support the communication between parents and children It's a difficult one because every parent and every child will be quite different. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to mention also it's not just parents. You know, people might have guardians that might be their uncle or their aunt or a foster carer or something. So definitely talking to someone that they can trust um, that might have understanding of things or a bit more life experience than they do. Um, I think it's important to for kind of both parties really to to kind of refrain from, um, I guess, maybe becoming angry or, I don't know, so kind of just initially kind of making it clear that they that they are someone that they can come to. Um, I think maybe from very early on, actually, because the earlier you start, the more likely it is that you'll feel that you can go to them. Um, so maybe when, you know, as soon as you come into their lives then and they can understand the concepts just approaching them and saying if there's anything you ever need to talk about I'm here um and maybe saying if you don't feel comfortable talking to me about a particular thing just let me know and I can point you in the direction um I guess yeah regularly checking in on the young people because they might feel that they don't want to bring it up they're too shy or scared and they might be more responsive if you kind of ask them directly um right and yeah I think yeah yeah because I if I know right then I think 50% of all mental health issues starts under the age of 14 right and 75 under the age of 18 and then I'm just thinking obviously when you're under 14 you're young right you don't even you're probably not even your like you don't even know who you are right you still mm -hmm. you need, still need your parents to yeah. look after you you know so Obviously, the young people might not even realize they have, for example, anxiety. Or what does it mean, right? So um, are there any things, let's say, parents can do like mindful exercises or breathing exercises or to, you know, to help this young person in the early stages, you know, to go through something? Yeah. I mean, I almost think that it would be easier if they started teaching mental health schools mm. um so then like, like it's one teacher or whatever kind of reaching a bigger audience and then the parents might feel like oh, okay they've learned that in the curriculum now I can bring it up um so maybe yeah I think a good idea for schools to start doing this I think some have started but you know we've got a way to go mm -hmm. um and definitely for parents to encourage the children to do meditation or, or mindfulness um, exercises there are lots of recordings on youtube and different websites um and i think even just maybe so there's there's a therapy that i that i basically work with which is called cognitive behavior therapy 
And it can be really useful um, for, I think, children from the ages of 10 upwards. So they can grasp the concepts of kind of the thoughts that go through your mind. And then looking at actually, is this thought I'm telling myself, is it the truth or not? And then kind of starting to kind of unpick it. And that can then have a knock-on effect on how the child um, or young person feels emotionally. Um, and that can actually make a big difference. Um, and parents, I think, could easily teach their children how to do that. Yeah. And do you think journaling helps, like writing down your thoughts Def or the questions in your in your mind, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely journaling. So, you know, it helps you to process your thoughts. Um, some people work better when they're writing rather than talking. Some people the other way around. So you could have an audio journal. Um, I, when I was younger, I had a friend who actually had an audio journal. I thought that mm. was a great idea. Um, yeah, because when you keep it all in your mind, it kind of just, it doesn't make sense. And then if you kind of break it down on paper or out loud, definitely it's it's helpful for you. And it just kind of, it, it feels like you're sharing the problem almost, even if it's not with another person. Right, exactly. And do you think um, the... Like, for example, when I'm on social media, right, I see lots of trends in terms of like body positivity and be who you are. Do you think this wave of like positivity and encouraging people to be who they are also reach already the younger generations or not yet? I think so. Um, from from what I can tell, yes, because I follow some pages like that on Instagram. And if I'm scrolling through the comments, I can see that there are there is a young audience um, and they seem to receive it quite well. So so definitely, um, I think it's a good idea. Um, and maybe that should be something that young people should be made more aware of as well. Mm. Anything else you would like um, to share or anything that comes to your mind? Anything else? Um I think I think a lot of it is about awareness, isn't it? So mm. I'm just having a think about, you know, we know that there are resources out there and young people are aware of some things, but how can we make them even more aware? Um, and I guess Maxime comes into this as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So um, it's a great initiative. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to discuss, you know, ways of promoting it so that we can reach as many young people as possible. Yeah, because I once talked to a young lady and then um, so she actually shared like nothing happened to her, but she knows quite a few like friends in this case who were sexually assaulted. And then she talked about, well, but then they maybe talked to me, but no one, they don't really talk to anyone because it's quite minor. You know what I mean? So it's like... Uh, <laughs> without really knowing, I guess, what the long-term impact, for example, could be. And then one thing she said was about um, sometimes it's easier for them to talk to someone, let's say, who's in Berlin because they don't know, but they're still able to talk to someone, but this person is somewhere in a different country and they don't know their face, they don't know who they are, they, so they felt more comfortable. Because mm. I think in terms of love, you can find information about anything all the time, right? But I think the most challenging thing is about doing doing it I guess right or sitting down and researching it or finding the point where you feel strong enough yeah. to look look up do I have depression or do I what does it mean right so I think lots of the time in lots of different doesn't matter if it's about 
depression or anxiety, you know, whatever, or like abuse, whatever it is, I think doing that step, mm. I think that's a very, it's a tricky one, right? Even though you're aware of it, but then yeah. actually get going the next step, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think some of that could be uh, maybe a bit of lack of motivation or lack of knowing how to do it. Some of it might also be kind of the stigma or the taboo. So, mm. um, yeah, I guess that's a, good, a really good point that kind of needs thinking about. Yeah. What do you think, out of from, from your pers- professional perspective, how could health professionals or social worker, carer, schools, and the young person, how could they improve how they work together so that no one gets lost somehow in the system you know and everyone gets the help they need mm. yeah I think that's a tricky one um so I think that some areas are better at kind of joined up working than others um so for example the area that I work in um in London we have what we call a um a virtual uh, locality hub so we have different people from all different disciplines. So we have the psychology, um, the social work and kind of the outreach organizations. So every Tuesday for an hour, we can all meet up and get ideas from each other, discuss cases. Um, but then, of course, you know, there there will be some barriers. For example, some people might fall through the net if they have an alcohol problem and they are depressed. Mm. You know, the alcohol service might say to them okay get treated for your depression first and the depression service might say we can't treat you if you're dependent on alcohol um i think that is something that services are aware of um and some some services are kind of working together uh maybe doing i think some joint meetings um but yeah i think there is a way to go with that as well Right. Also with waiting lists, right? So, I mean, I've, I just read an article last week where they talk about up to 12 weeks, or sometimes even more waiting lists. In this case, it was about young people. But um, And I once joined a talk where a mother shared about her daughter having suicidal thoughts, and then they were in a waiting list for a very, very long time, like several months. And obviously, she was looking for help private, but also just like a financial thing, right? If you were not able to afford it. And I think that's quite um, sad, right? That yeah, especially if you come to this point where um, the child or this person, where it is, is ready to look for help or accept help, and then there's no help. Um, yeah, that's quite sad, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it is a big shame. Um, but I think that there are crisis teams. Um, so I think initially there was a crisis team for adults and now more mm. for adult um, for children and teenagers. So at least that would kind of help them whilst they're on the waiting list or yeah. then they might not need further help. And one, uh, one interesting question. Do you, do you think some schools do promote mental health, but more mainly to promote their school but not really caring about the actual students does it make sense (laughs) you know yeah yeah I think that's hard to know um because I guess from my perspective of not currently working in a school that does Mm. that 
I kind of, I see it and I think, oh, that's amazing. You know, finally someone's doing something. Um, but I, I don't know. But um, the schools, I have worked in schools before, um, but none of them that I know, none of them were particularly kind of, they didn't have that agenda, you know, uh, have mental health on the agenda. Right. So this was probably like about eight years ago. Yeah, but I think there's still, I, I know there are a few also for younger kids, right? They start doing like yoga or meditation mm. or positive habits and things like that. But then I guess what you said earlier, there's nothing in the curriculum that actually teaches mental health or the awareness about certain things right and Mm -hmm. um but then also i i've heard like some schools you know they they promote mental health they put the poster and then you know this looks good from the outside but i i have the feeling that there's still like ways to go from the institution itself you know how to really support the young people and spot early signs and support them and have them feel safe opening up and not being excluded or you know what I mean being much more and I think sometimes um I mean there are lots of uh, cases or things you can read about for example abuse and uh, like a like a student like a higher rank student um Mm -hmm. or especially at the private schools you know like nothing really happens because the way the system is built up um yeah, which I think it's it's a shame that then sometimes the schools it's more about making the money mm-hmm. instead of really caring about the students. It, I guess it's a different topic, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, long way to go. Yeah, I mean, I think um, definitely, you know, there are some institutions that cover up abuse um, because I think many of the reputation. Yeah, uh, and and obviously, I think that is a bit of a tragedy. Um, but then going back to the previous point about mental health in mental health in schools um, in general, there are, I think, I hope more and more schools that have a pastoral system. So they have uh, mentors, which is great because they identify the children that might need a bit of emotional or psychological support and they get some kind of one-on-one support. Um, yeah, and I, and one of the schools that I was in occasionally, we had kind of just a peer support group just for everyone in the form to kind of open up and talk um but we probably need to probably need to get to the point where every school has something like that mm. yeah otherwise it's just you know we've made progress but there's still an inequality and still people who aren't getting support that they need yeah 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 absolute mm. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i got um Nothing else on mind. I just really hope <laughs> things going to change, you know. And also, once they're out of school, um, I read um, an article the other day. It's about when students in school still have the support, but then they move, for example, go to university, and it's right at the edge between, let's say, seventeen and twenty, and then they might change location. They might. Ch- start a new environment but then they lose the support they had from home or the area they were in before and mm-hmm. I saw that lots of young people then start struggling even though you think they're over it like or out of it because you know they've done well for a very long time but then the big change can actually put them back a little bit um yeah yeah and a lot of universities um I think all universities actually should have um a mental health um mm. sports center or whatever they might be calling it different names 
but um but yeah i know that a few years ago there was um maybe a strike or campaign or something about actually making sure there is better mental health support in universities so you're absolutely right i think it needs to be in schools but it also needs to be in universities where people are still effectively teenagers for part of that yeah time. yeah um, and still need that support I mean, even as adults, I guess you might still need the support. So, yeah, you just I think universities have a responsibility for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when then you're actually on your own or most likely or more on your own or only. Yeah. You, 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 like a new, you have to make new friends or it's a new environment. And, and you're having to live on your own maybe and cook exactly. your meal. Plus maybe financial pressure, you know, or like there are lots of different things or more. The academic pressure as well the level is a bit higher yeah that's very true yeah 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 absolutely yeah 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 well we're not there yet yeah that was very um very helpful is there anything else you would like to share or anything any tips um, tips i guess um I am a big advocate of remembering that you are a human being and not a human doing. So basically meaning that you should just try to be in the moment as much as you can. You know, you don't always have to be doing something um, because otherwise you'll burn yourself out. Um, if you could do a bit of meditation, even if it's just for five minutes every day, um, and it could you could incorporate that into making a cup of tea, just really paying attention to the what you're doing in the present moment. Um, I think everyone, you know, whether they're struggling or not, should probably be doing that. Right. How what about connecting to nature? Is that something you do? Oh, definitely. Connecting yeah. to nature. I think um, I've read some studies where, you know, if you spend, I think it was about half an hour um, in nature, maybe once a week, you can kind of get a sense of kind of feeling rested. It can help with your anxiety mm and lift your mood a little bit um and i think if you connect kind of any part of your skin as well so like your palms or your feet that is uh, sorry said to um to be like really replenishing for your cells on a physical level um so that's just another thing that i'm into as well <laughs> yeah because it's like a very small very small things right like being a native for 30 minutes you know this is not much or spending five minutes trying to be in the moment and describing in your mind what you see around you you know things like that it doesn't take much time or practice or yeah you and you can do it with the whole family or group of friends it's not rocket science you might even start to enjoy it and it's got long-term benefits yeah absolutely and that's something or easily parents could do with, even with younger people right being in the moment or practicing that from an early age I guess yeah definitely um I was on an app recently um trying to remember what it's called I think insight platform um and they have a section of meditations for children uh, amazing though it's obviously um something that that is helpful it's called insight timer Oh, I'm gonna have a look. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah, and it's got stuff for adults as well. Um, I've used that before for myself and for my clients. It's really good. Nice. I'm gonna have a look. Insight timer. Yeah, insight, as in to have an insight, and then. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, oh, okay, perfect. I'm gonna have a look. <laughs> Let me know how you find it. 
<laughs> yes, yes, yes. I usually do. Um, have you? I use the Deliciously Ella app. Have you? Have you tried? Have you? Uh, not the app, but I have the cookbook, the first one, I think. Ah, uh, yeah, because the app is like I think it's like one pound a month, and mm. it has lots of yoga and meditation and the recipes. So it's actually very valuable <laughs> for like one pound a month. So yeah, I yeah. Really recommend it. It's very good. Oh yeah, that sounds really good. Um, you know, and if I guess people can't afford it for some reason, then YouTube has lots of stuff. That's you, true. You might have to put up with the ads, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once I think once you know a channel, you know, you can always just come back to the same, I guess. So you don't have to really look or search or spend time so much time to look for something, right? Yeah, you just add it to your library and it saves. Yeah, it. yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Anything else? Because every time I ask, like, more good information is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this could go on forever. Um, well, exercise, just any form of exercise is good for your physical health, your mental health, um, self-esteem. You know, some pe- you might not see the connection, but actually um, from kind of I've learned quite a bit over my years of, of being an adult <laughs> about self-esteem. And one of the best things is to just regularly practice an activity that you just really enjoy. Um, So it could be a hobby. It could be dancing. It could be an exercise class. Um, Just do that. I recommend it. Join something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even have to be competitive, right? It's more like to do something for yourself or it's not about the pressure. Oh, I I do this to lose weight or become more stronger, right? You should do that. You should enjoy it yeah yeah exactly um just do it with your eyes closed so you're not you know looking yeah exactly oh other people's body image yeah yeah for yourself yeah 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 that's good tips Mm. perfect anything else (laughs) any other tips (laughs) (laughs) the thing is I could go on (laughs) (laughs) um so if you think that I have sometimes clients for 12 weeks right 50 minutes each session and there's so much, so much about, I guess, cognitive behavior therapy or even just your general knowledge for mental health that I could teach. So I think those are kind of the just main basic ones. Um, but of course, there are other things um, like listening to music. Um, I think mostly happy music. Sad music can be OK sometimes, n- not too mm. Um, but we were talking about deliciously Ella baking can be a really therapeutic thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And you can get a sense of achievement out of it, not just baking, but cooking as well. And so usually people I I think say if you do something for like three months or twelve weeks, it becomes a habit. A habit, right? Is it also when you see improvement of your mental health, or do you actually but obviously you 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 bake? And then you might feel better immediately, right? But to have like a long-term change, would it be similar like to 12 weeks? Or when do you think? I, I think that, yeah, it's a very good point. Um, so, for example, if I compare it to the depression treatment that I often do with people, we say to the people, okay, what activities do you enjoy? And they will often say nothing because they're feeling depressed. So we kind of advise, okay, Pick an activity or activities that you used to enjoy. Or if you're telling me that you've never enjoyed anything, that's fine. Think of something that you would be likely to maybe get some enjoyment out of. 
the first three months that you do it you might really not enjoy it but after that if you could if you persist you might start to actually feel that you know enjoyment out of it and I think that goes not just for depression but maybe also just for you know people who don't who aren't feeling low in mood um you might become start to enjoy something more and more and then you're more likely to stick to it and then obviously you get all of the benefits that we've talked about in the long term right right so this was also good not to set super high standards or Mm. like what do you expect from yourself right so that you're actually also able to stick to it for 12 weeks in a realistic yeah frame I guess yeah definitely don't um don't set unrealistic standards because um you know you might be that might be seen as a perfectionist behavior um which is something that I'm currently working on with someone Mm. um and so it's actually about just kind of setting your standards reasonable for your capabilities and the time that you have um and kind of persisting with that and if in the future you can kind of raise the standard and you're able to then that's fine but just being patient with yourself do you have any um, book recommendation is there any one book that you would pick um to recommend (laughs) (laughs) um so that is not one book I'd say one book per okay if I think about the disorders yeah depression or panic disorder social anxiety there will be one maybe one specific book that I can recommend for each one but if I'm thinking just for general well-being um someone yesterday was saying about um I think it might be called the happiness trap that's um about living in the moment Mm. I haven't read it myself, um, but I would like to read it at some point. And a lot of people do recommend that book. Thank you so much for this great conversation, Barbara and Ryan. If you would like to join and share your story, please email us or reach out on our social media channels. You will find all the info in the podcast description. See you next time.